Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Hello, and thank you for checking out the podcast. Please rate the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast. And now, the podcast. Ben Sass is a PhD candidate at Carleton University and a telecom expert, and he joins us on the phone now. Ben, good afternoon. How are you doing, Hal? Excellent. Thanks a lot for jumping on here. I appreciate it. What do you make? What's your initial reaction when you got up this morning and you heard about Rogers wanting to buy Shaw for $26 billion? Well, that's a lot of money, Hal, and uh, you can probably guess who's going to be paying for it at the end of the day. Yeah, so that does mean our bills are going up, right? A big player is going to be eliminated if this deal goes through, and that will, uh, in turn, probably mean we will pay more. Uh, in particular, in the wireless market, uh, Shaw uh, is the owner of the Freedom Mobile brand. They recently launched their Shaw Mobile brand in some of the western provinces, and they are really the only competition out there to the big three companies, Bell, Rogers, and Telus. So once Rogers buys them up, the sky's the limit, and I'm not talking about innovation. I'm talking about our bills. Yeah, and with 5G on the horizon, any sense as to how much our bills might go up, or is it too soon to know? I think it's too soon to know, but really what you see uh, with these companies, in particular uh, in places where they don't face competition from a smaller company, uh, is that they'll one of them will raise the rates uh, on about a yearly basis, and then the other two will follow quickly behind with an equivalent bill increase. And we're usually seeing increases uh, to existing bills in the order of 5 or $10 a month. Um, and as well, what you see is uh, plans that offer less generous amounts of data so that those companies can start raking in more in the way of data overage fees, you know, those shocking bills you get at the end of the month when you find out you watch too much YouTube, well, I can expect that those will be going up as well. And we're already here in Canada paying more for that than other countries, aren't we, or am I wrong about that? No, uh, all of the independent uh, research uh, that looks into this area finds that uh, Canada has now and has for years paid amongst the highest, if not the highest, rates for mobile service in the world amongst developed countries and uh yeah i mean i think that this uh this certainly is not going to help it's going to do the opposite in that department Mm -hmm. um will this get approved uh i guess is one question and then an observation i assume it will go through in one way or another because uh rogers will likely just pee shaw off right like i mean you know there might be an area where uh, government might go, well, you can't really have that, and then they'll just kind of sell that off to somebody in order to get some form of this deal through, right? Yeah, I don't, I mean, my heart wants the deal to uh, to be opposed uh, in some serious way, but my gut's telling me that uh, within a year or two we'll be seeing the Shaw signs coming off of buildings and Big Rogers ones going up in their place. Hmm. Is this, uh, it, it, and I made this comment this morning when I saw this story break, um, we've seen uh, Rogers has kind of been preparing for something, and I guess it was this. Eh? Have you seen that too? Uh, no, you know, I, I didn't. I did not see this one coming. I woke up hmm. just like everyone else and heard it in the news. Um, you know, it looked to me like, especially in the wireless area, that Shaw was really uh, building up steam. You know, they were putting some competitive pressure onto the big uh, big companies, uh, especially in lucrative markets like uh, Toronto and Vancouver. Um, so, I mean, I think uh, it sounds to me like Rogers is just making the Shaw family a deal that's uh, that's too sweet to refuse. 
Rogers was, well, uh, you know, they've been sort of kicking the tires on uh, on some other cable uh, cable companies, but uh, I, I yeah. haven't heard anyone whispering about this one. Hmm. Yeah, and I guess I guess that was what I was getting at that they were trying to. It was a cable company or something they were trying to acquire, right? And it didn't happen. So I I sort of got the sense they were looking, and I mean this is a but this is a big deal. Yeah, you know, from time to time, um, you see this type of consolidation uh, since the '90s. The government's been uh, trying to bring in more competition in the wireless space. Uh, a lot of those new competitors have sort of come around for a couple of years and then been bought up by the existing ones. Bills go up, service quality goes down. The government keeps trying. So, I mean, if they don't, uh, you know, if they don't step in and do something about this deal, it's really kind of a kind of a, a step in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the bills, the bills, and and they've made a commitment to invest in infrastructure, uh, uh, but you don't think that long term will will matter much? Eh? You you feel like the bills are going to go up and the service is going to go down? Well, you know what the best incentive to invest is is competition. And so when I see competition decreasing when one company buys up the other, uh, that's not a good sign. And with these mergers, when, they, uh, when they're announced, there's always all kinds of special perks and benefits that they announce. When Bell announced it was buying MTS, you know, every special concession was made, and you had the premier up there shaking hands with the president of Bell. But at the end of the day, they do the absolute minimum. You know, those commitments, whether they materialize or not, nobody's coming after the fact to check up on it. Once the horse is out of the barn, it's too late. And uh, I think that this merger is probably going to be no different than the rest. Ben, thanks a lot for this. I appreciate it. Nice talking to you, Hal. Go Jets, go. (laughs) Go Jets, go. Yes. Uh, Thank you, Ben. Ben Sass is a Ph.D. PhD candidate, Carleton University, and a telecom expert. Sarah Verweimarin, uh, uh, Sarah, I apologize. I'm, I'm having a hard time with your name. Verweimarin, okay. did I get it right? <laughs> Verweimarin, that's pretty good. Okay, not bad. Sarah, I'm just going to call you Sarah. Sarah, you call me Hal. Okay, let's just Yeah, that would that be way. great. Thank you, Hal. It's important to note that you are the owner of Three Pines Organizing right here in right. Winnipeg. And uh, we just talked about how there's more garbage in Winnipeg because of the pandemic. With the nice yeah. weather on the weekend, a lot of people have been texting me and emailing me, telling me how they're, uh, you know, the, the change in season, the nice weather has got them motivated to do some cleaning yeah. and decluttering and, and, and getting organized. One listener said, well, why, do you, why do you need a change in the weather to want to do this? But it really does seem to go together, doesn't it? Yeah, it definitely does. I think we start seeing a little bit more light and we realize we can get out of the house and you know, it, it inspires us to get things moving. We get our blood going again. And one of the first things we want to do is kind of just get rid of everything that's been living around us during the winter season. Mm-hmm. Julie says by uh, text at 204-780-6868, Hal, don't feel bad. I've been in a COVID funk as well. I was saying how I've had a year. This week is a year of doing my show at home. And at the very least, I've had an extra hour a day when I, you know, that I haven't had to commute. So I should have yeah. got stuff done, but I've done nothing. Um, am I in the minority or the majority, Sarah? No, you are. This is the majority. And I am always reminding people, you know, we are still in a pandemic And just that alone is so much weight on our brains. And so, you know, obviously there's a lot of people who are calling me because they're stuck in their homes and they want to get things done. But just because we have the extra time doesn't mean we need to be productive with it. In fact, you know, maybe it's it's time for us to slow down a little bit. Hmm. 
Yeah, or, or or at the very least, give ourselves a break, right? Not yes, not stress exactly. about uh, about not being able to go as hard as we have in the past. Because you're right, the weight of this pandemic has been substantial. Yes, and I think that's often why I get called is because a big mess and and something seems so overwhelming and it stops you in your tracks. You don't even want to attempt it. And so I I'm trying to remind people we're we're in a big you know, thing that we really have never faced before. So it's hard to kind of want to do anything extra. Mm -hmm. How does it work? How has the pandemic affected you? Are you doing uh, helping people virtually or are you still going into homes and and getting stuff done or or how does it work for you? Well, we had to kind of adjust and, and pivot in a few ways. You know, when we went into lockdown, obviously we wanted to keep everyone safe. And so uh, we stayed at home and we actually did online organizing classes. So I've been working with people all over the world doing, um, you know, master classes on how to get their spaces sorted. And I do coaching on the phone and online. But now we're able to, once things have opened up, we're able to go back into homes again. So we're very careful and, and often we work without the client even present. And that's, you know, that's nice too because there's less exposure. But We've been very, very busy. So COVID has been great for us because people are so tired of their, their spaces, and so they want some organizing. Isn't that interesting? So it's been yeah. the, the pandemic has caused your business to increase, and you yeah. that was the other question I was going to ask you. So I, I don't. I just call Sarah. Sarah will come and take care of my mess and organize it and, <laughs> and all that, or is it usually – or, or does it usually involve the person and their help as well? You know, we kind of have two services. So we have one that's called one-on-one, and that's where we work with a client. And it's almost like we're coaching and we're doing guidance, and the client is learning, you know, tactics of organizing and systems and all that kind of stuff while we work with them. And then we have another service called our transformations, and that's where someone just wants something done. They don't want to look at it. They don't want to even, you know, put the effort into figuring out what has to be done. And we come in and we get it done and we leave. And so it's really, you know, how much the client wants to be involved. We let them do that on their own. How expensive is it? <laughs> no, I'm asking, I'm almost getting personal here now. I'm asking questions that I want the answer for personally. What's yeah. the transition worth if I just want you to, or transformation, sorry, what is that worth? I just go, I just want to come back when you're done and it's taken care of. Is that, yeah, that must exactly. be the most expensive, right? Well, it really depends. Like we, we love working within budgets because we never want to be that kind of service that only people, you know, who have huge budgets could afford because everybody needs a little bit of help. And so we want to make that as affordable as possible. So just because we say transformation doesn't mean you have to spend $4,000, but there is an element when you're doing a big space, especially like your kitchen and pantry or a garage or a basement, you know, that's, almost like a renovation. So you're getting a system put in place that you really, the maintenance now is going to be so low because we're able to kind of fix it in a way that doesn't have to be redone all the time. So mm-hmm. when it comes to really big transformations, I'm telling clients, you know, this is really, it's like a, it's a renovation. It's not just uh, one and done kind of thing. You know, we, we always enc- encourage our clients that they have to keep up the maintenance. It's not magic, but mm-hmm. when we transform a space, we know exactly what to put it together so that there's very little maintenance after we leave. Yeah. Um, how'd you get into this business? I'm curious now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, well, I have three children and, 
So, you know, I recognized as I was watching them grow and, and struggle to put things away and me getting frustrated, um, I, I started to understand that, you know what, I'm in control of how they manage their stuff. And so it's up to me to decide what system is going to work for them. And, and it's up to me to decide how much they actually have out to play with. Um, I can't just get frustrated. They're kids. So I started creating systems for my kids that would be easy for them to function with. And same for my spouse. You know, we're all living with different people and everybody kind of functions differently. And then I started thinking maybe other people need this help too. And I, I love people. I love working with people and getting to know them. My background is psychology, so I'm always mm. interested in how people think. And so I started doing it for friends and then, you know, just kind of snowballed from there. And now, you know, we're able to do it for everybody else. So it's been an amazing journey. Interesting. How, how long have you done it? How many years? Uh, so we started in 2018. And uh, then, you know, we've, we had a few road bumps along the way, but then mm-hmm. and then COVID came along. Um, so we have grown into, you know, now we have two employees and there's three of us that go into homes. Um, so we're, we're growing and expanding and just hmm. hopefully, yeah, able to offer people relief and joy. Good for you. Yeah. You. And, and we'll get to tips cause I do want to get to some tips yeah. here. I, I put you in this spot on my show today <laughs> on purpose because I wanted to have some time to really get into this with you, Absolutely. but let me, but you talked about psychology. So mm-hmm. my dad was a pack rat. He kept everything okay. and it drove yep. me crazy i am yeah. now my dad i am i i say that i'm collecting but yeah. i have stuff I, I i take things in that i have no use for do you mm-hmm. see a lot of that like i'm not a hoarder i'm not to that level but i yeah. I, I love stuff right and old stuff right. if it's old i i don't know what i'm going to do with it but i love it i don't want to see anything go to the landfill Right. And there, there's a lot of reasons why people hold on to. And, and one of those things is because we don't want to see it thrown away. We want to see that it's being used. And, and so I just, um, I'm in the middle of a class for people who are downsizing and for seniors who are retiring. And that's a struggle too, because what they value and what you think is worthwhile, maybe the next generation doesn't. So then it's really hard to let something go when you're not sure who's going to enjoy it. And if it's just going to wind up, you know, in the landfill. And we as people are naturally just, we're sentimental. Our memories of people and who we love are attached to the things that remind us of them. And so a lot of times I'm helping clients let go of things because they feel guilty that they shouldn't, or, you know, it either has a negative memory and and that, you know, comes up every time they look at, at something like that. So we often keep things because we feel like we should, even if we don't actually enjoy it. Um, so it can be a collection and I'm, I don't make everybody throw everything away. It's more of, you know, giving yourself a designated space and then saying, okay, once it starts to live outside of this, then we need to start looking at how useful it is. And Mm -hmm. is it taking up so much space now that you can't actually live your life? Now you're just spending all this time packing and sorting and putting these things away, you know, and that kind of starts to take away from the actual living part now your home is storage and not living Mm -hmm. so you teach classes you actually go in hands-on declutter and clean you show people how to do it you work with them or you will go in and just sort of transform an area 
and and okay. do the job completely. What are some tips? If somebody's listening right now, certainly they can contact you at Three Pines Organizing. You're easy to find online, so they can <laughs> contact you if they want any of your services. Give us two or three really important tips when we're getting ready to start decluttering, cleaning, and organizing. Yeah, so the first tip is, you know, you, you have to start small, especially if you feel overwhelmed by a project or a space. What's really easy is we just shut the door and we just hope that it cleans itself up. So um, I say any progress is progress. So if that means you set a timer for 10 minutes and you just attack a small drawer or a little box or whatever it is just to make some sort of progress, um, that's moving you in the right direction. So often we can look at a really big space and, and we set unrealistic expectations. Like I'm going to complete the whole garage in a weekend. And then, you know, that's such a daunting task that you'll do everything else besides that task. And then you feel disappointed and then you're not motivated to keep going. So when you can do really small, easy tasks to, to work towards your goal, it's just like anything else. We do the same thing with exercising and you can't run a marathon, you know, the day you start training. So you shouldn't be attacking huge projects um, on your first try of trying to figure out what to do with it. So start really small, set a timer, and then ask people for help, you know, whether that's a professional or a family member that's would actually be helpful. Sometimes family are not the people that should be involved in that process because it can be, you know, it can, uh, you can get very defensive very quickly about the stuff that you have and it can cause fights. So that's why I say it's good to have someone who's objective and it's going to help you make decisions. So having somebody else with you, you know, that's going to, you'll be able to make decisions quicker. So that I would start small, you know, timer and then get some help. You're great, Sarah. Thanks for this. I really, I think you've helped yeah. a lot of people. You've certainly given me some ideas on Good. how to tackle some of my messes, and, and I'm sure you'll be hearing from some people out there. Thanks a lot for doing this. Yeah, thank you, Hal, so much for having me. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.